Welcome to Lattes and Lattes, the podcast where we blend the world of law and business with a warm cup of information and good old common sense. I'm your host, Sydney Whelan, attorney, real estate investor, and business owner. Each week, we'll be your go-to source for legal insights, business advice, and so much more. Whether you're a seasoned professional, and ambitious entrepreneur, or simply someone seeking guidance, we'll have you covered. From navigating the legal landscape to empowering you with valuable business strategies, we'll explore the legal side of life and enjoy a virtual latte along the way. So grab your favorite cup of coffee, get comfortable, and let's dive in to Lattes and Lattes. Welcome to the second episode of Lattes and Lattes. I'm your host, Sydney Whelan. Now, I know the words estate planning might make your eyes glaze over and you feel a big yawn coming on. Or it might conjure up images of vast estates, echoing halls, and legal jargon that feels light years away from your daily life. But here's the thing. Estate planning is not just for the wealthiest among us. It's not a practice reserved for the old folks or those with extensive family heirlooms. No, estate planning is a necessary cornerstone for all of us. If you have someone you care about and assets that you've worked hard to accumulate, you need to think about this. In our last episode, we talked about probate, what it is, what it's used for, and why we should try to avoid it if at all possible. If you missed that episode, I hope that you will go back and take a few minutes to understand why it's so important to put an estate plan in place to protect your family and your hard-earned assets. I used to think that estate planning was a one-time thing, one and done. Over the years, I've come to realize that estate planning is a process, something that should be reviewed periodically because families change, situations change, assets change, and your estate plan should keep up with those changes and reflect your wishes at every stage of your life. An estate plan for a young couple with small children is very different than the estate planning needs of an older couple who have accumulated substantial assets and whose primary purpose for estate planning is to pass their assets on to their family members or to charity in the most efficient way possible. Today, I want to talk about one of my favorite estate planning tools, the Revocable Living Trust. Before we get too far into the weeds, I want to define some legal terms for you. The trust is a document or an agreement that contains terms of the trust, including any amendments. I like to think of it as a separate legal entity created to own your property. Revocable as it's applied to the trust, means that the person who sets up the trust has the legal power to amend or cancel the trust at any time without the consent of any other person. The person who creates or contributes property to the trust is called the trustor. You will sometimes see the terms settler or grantor used in a trust. Just know that those are different names for the same person. The trustee is the person charged with the duty to administer the trust in good faith and in accordance with the terms and purposes set out in the trust instrument. 
The trustee is named by you to oversee the operations of your trust. You can be the trustee of your own trust, as long as you are capable and willing to do so. If you act as your own trustee, you should name a successor trustee to take over management of the trust when you pass or if you become sick or incapacitated. In the context of a revocable trust, a beneficiary is the person who is designated to receive the benefits of the assets owned by the trust. There are several reasons why I'm partial to a revocable trust. A revocable living trust is a very simple concept that can have enormous value. Assets are transferred into a trust, and a trustee is named to manage the assets of the trust for the benefit of the beneficiaries you name in your trust. When a specific event occurs, such as your death, the assets of the trust pass directly to your beneficiaries, thus avoiding probate. As you may recall from our previous discussion, any assets owned solely by a deceased person at the time of their death must go through the probate process. The revocable trust avoids the probate process because any assets transferred into the trust are owned by the trust and not you individually at the time of your death. Therefore, probate can be avoided because there are no assets titled in your name alone at your death that must be distributed through probate. And we know that by avoiding probate, your heirs are benefiting by also avoiding the cost and delays of the entire probate process. While probate avoidance may be the primary reason to establish a revocable trust, there are many other benefits as well. For example, it provides privacy for your estate. It can avoid capital gains taxes by allowing for a stepped-up basis on the value of your assets. If used properly, it can provide for uninterrupted transition of businesses, such as your LLC. It allows you to provide for your heirs or beneficiaries in any manner that you see fit. The revocable trust is extremely flexible. It can be amended and changed at any time. If your situation changes or if you simply decide that another person would be a more suitable successor trustee or you wish to change the distribution scheme of your trust after you die, it is simple and relatively inexpensive to make those changes at any time. The trust is a private document. In most circumstances, it doesn't have to be recorded or filed with any court or public entity. The owner of the trust does not have to disclose to anyone what assets are held in the trust or how those assets are to be eventually distributed to the beneficiaries at the death of the trustor. As you, as the owner of the trust, retain exclusive control over the trust and the trust assets during your lifetime. Assets may be added to the trust at any time or assets may be sold or removed from the trust at any time. One of the most important benefits of the revocable trust is that it works both while you're living and after you die. What that means is you, as the trustor, are in complete control of the assets as long as you are competent and you can make changes to the trust at any time. If you become incompetent or incapacitated in any manner, there can be provisions in the trust that allow the successor trustee to take control of the trust assets and manage those assets for you and on your behalf as long as you are living. Upon your death, the successor trustee may distribute your assets according to the instructions provided in the trust. In most situations, the distribution is very similar to what the distribution scheme would look like under a will. 
The difference is that the trust assets do not have to go through the probate process. The trust assets are distributed outside of the probate process, privately by the successor trustee you have named in your trust in the manner directed by you. We must remember that the trust only protects assets from probate that are properly titled into the trust name. In order for the revocable trust to work as planned, the title to an individual's assets must be transferred into the name of the revocable trust. This is a very important rule, and I cannot emphasize it enough. As an estate planning attorney, I have unfortunately witnessed many instances where folks went to the time and expense of setting up a trust only to fail to fund that trust by properly retitling their assets into the name of the trust. Real estate may be transferred into the trust using a deed, transferring property from the individual or individual's names, such as husband and wife, to the trustees of the revocable trust. This deed must be recorded in the appropriate office to be effective. In Missouri, this is the office of the recorder of deeds in the county where the property is located. Titled personal property, such as motor vehicles or bank accounts, may be transferred into the trust by changing the titles on the motor vehicles or on the bank accounts to reflect that the trust, not the individuals, are the actual owners of the assets. This must be done by taking your motor vehicle titles to the appropriate place, such as the License Bureau, if you live in Missouri. If you desire to put your bank accounts or your investment accounts into the revocable trust, you must go to the bank or the financial institution and ask that those accounts be retitled into the name of the trust. The License Bureau or Financial Institution will require that you produce a Certification of Trust, which will provide that institution with the information they need, such as the name of the trust, the date of the trust, who the trustees are, and what powers the trustees may have. Remember, you do not have to provide the complete trust with your private information. Your trust is a private document, and unless you decide otherwise, it's no one's business what is in the trust or how you distribute it upon your death. Non-titled personal property, such as jewelry or family heirlooms, household goods, that type of property, may be transferred to the trust by an affidavit signed and notarized by the trustors, transferring the property into the trust. Stocks and other investments and business interest may also be transferred and protected by the revocable trust. While the revocable living trust is an excellent estate planning tool, it is not and should not be a do-it-yourself project. There are many things to consider when setting up a trust. It's important that you seek competent legal advice in order to ensure that the trust works in conjunction with your overall estate planning strategies. When you meet with your legal advisor, that person will speak to you about your family situation, your assets, and your individual estate planning needs. Be prepared to openly and honestly discuss your family situation and detailed information about your assets and any questions that you have about potential distribution of those assets and any concerns that you have regarding your assets or your particular life situation. 
A competent estate planning attorney will assist you through this process and help you sort through any problems or questions that may arise. It's important that you let your attorney know of any special or unique situations that he or she may not be aware of. Perhaps you have a beneficiary with special needs that could benefit from a special needs trust, thus protecting their assets from creditors or preventing loss of any benefits that they might be receiving. Perhaps you have a blended family, which can sometimes present challenging issues at the time of distribution. Perhaps you have aging parents that you want to make special provisions for in the event that you become incapacitated. Perhaps you want to hold some money and trust for a longer period of time to make sure that your grandchildren are cared for or set up a special education fund for a child or a grandchild. Or perhaps you would like to leave a substantial donation to your favorite charity. Because the revocable trust is flexible, you will have many options. A competent estate planning attorney will be able to provide you direction and ensure that your wishes will be carried out. I like to think of the revocable trust as the umbrella that protects all of your assets. In my opinion, it can be the cornerstone of a well-thought-out estate plan. It is not the only estate planning tool out there, however. There are other documents that work with the revocable living trust to ensure that your estate plan is airtight and works seamlessly to take care of your family and your assets in the event of your incapacity or death. Stay tuned for future episodes in this estate planning series, where we will discuss other important tools in our legal toolbox. Find out how wills and durable powers of attorney and other documents work with the revocable trust to make sure you and your family are protected if the unexpected happens. Until next time, my friends, have a great week. This podcast episode contains general information for discussion purposes only. Each case is different and must be judged on its own merits. Missouri rules generally prohibit lawyers from advertising that they specialize in particular areas of the law. This show should not be construed to suggest such specialization. Nothing on this show should be taken as legal advice for any individual case or situation. This information is not intended to create an attorney-client relationship, and the listening or viewing of this podcast does not constitute an attorney-client relationship. The choice of a lawyer is an important decision and should not be based solely upon advertisements.